Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we thank you for sharing that with us. With guest host Steve White. Let's go live. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you? I will say no. Earlier on the show from NBC Sports Bay Area, Matt Mayoko, NFL Network reporter James Palmer. Coming up, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. And now, sitting in for Rich, Steve White. All right, we're ending hour three of the Rich Eisen Show. And as you heard, I am Steve White from the NFL Network. And make sure to call us at 844-204-RICH. Watch us on the Roku channel, which some of you are already doing. That's channel 210 on DirecTV. Listen to SiriusXM on channel 218 on Sirius, channel 202 on XM. Stream for free on the Odyssey app or odyssey.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at the Rich Eisen Show. And subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Again, I'm Steve White, joined by TJ Jefferson, Jason Feller, and Chris Brockman. Guys, we're coming off of a thrill of a Thursday night football game. (laughs) 1988, Kansas City Chiefs over the Denver Broncos. Woo, that was a rough one for the Broncos. We've been talking about that for much of the morning. Got some Major League Baseball. The division championships are settled. We got the Texas. We have the the, the Rangers against the Astros. The Astros, yeah. You know, we've got the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, Phillies. Against the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And that is about the extent of the Major League Baseball conversation that we are <laughs> going to be having on this show because I am way out of my depth right there. But, guys, let's talk a little college football. Let's do it. Let's talk a little bit about the University of Colorado, or, or do you guys, when you guys talk college football, mm-hmm. TJ, yeah. you talk about Colorado or you talk about Dion? I mean, I, I want to say we say the name, the University of Colorado, but in essence, yeah, it's, you know, those tissues when you blow their nose, no one calls them tissue. They're clean. They're clean. That's right. right. <laughs> it's That's Dion. the brand. We talk, we talk Coach Prime because it, we're all... Uh, Fans, and I know in this business you're really not supposed to, right? You're supposed to take your fandom, kind of put it to the side or behind you for professionalism. But, you know, Rich is a huge Dion fan, as are the rest of us. I know I am. He's the reason I became a Florida State fan back in the late 80s. So, yeah, when you kind of reference the school, it's let's talk about Dion, let's talk about Prime, and you're talking about the Colorado. It's been really cool, too, Steve, because they were the big story for the first 
three weeks of the college football season. It was so fun. They came out of nowhere. Everyone knows Colorado won one game last right. year. One of the worst programs in the Power Five. Uh, their win total coming into the season. Vegas had them at three wins. They've already surpassed that already in five weeks. Like, it's been such a fun story. It was really cool. And we knew that, look, we knew they were going to face tougher opponents once they got into the meat of the Pac-12 schedule. They had tough games at Oregon. They We knew they were going to have a tough time with USC, but they made that game fun and exciting, and it seemed like maybe they turned a corner in the second half of that game. They play tonight in front of a national yeah, audience Stanford. on ESPN against Stanford. It's just a fun, cool story, no matter if you're a big college football fan, but we all know who Deion Sanders is. We all know that he has very talented sons who play on the team. It's just been great for the whole sport. It's been awesome. And it's so funny because there's so many folks who are like, oh, we're only paying attention to them because of Dion or whatever. It is what it is. I mean, it, right. to me, I mean, he he is a brand. And Dion understands it and he embraces it, you know, with the smack entertainment, with the cameras following him everywhere. There was a great video clip of him this week about accountability, you know, where he is preaching to his players like um, it's over comes real soon and it's a message not enough young people hear is that you think it's all going to be going on all this riding high and all this great stuff going on with the buffs getting your tuition paid for getting free meals getting your your rent paid for that's going to go on forever but you better have a plan because it's over is coming soon and that's what Dion and, and I love the fact that he's sharing this publicly um but the interesting thing to me is not many guys are going to be able to pull that off I mean one he comes in with the gravitas of being a pro football hall of famer He's well-known because of what he did on TV and at the NFL Network and other places where he's worked. But I love the fact that, you know, even though he's no longer at Jackson State, and we talked about him when he was at Jackson State and HBCU, more people, even over the past few years, who had no idea who or what Jackson State was, now do because Dion has that in his contrails, mm-hmm. right? It's on his resume of what he's doing at Colorado, he pulled Jackson State into national recognition. This mm-hmm. is an HBCU, right? Jackson State, this is where Jackie Slater and Walter Payton, Walter Payton and Robert yeah. Brazil, right? Pro Football Hall of Famers went to school. And so many people have no idea about that mm-hmm. until Dion yeah. kind of put that on the map. So I love the fact that he's bringing all of Dion with him, the history of these HBCUs, and elevated Colorado now into a national program. He's going to get recruits because when Dion sits down with mom and dad, it's a wrap. Yeah, you, you know, can't that, follow that. And, TJ, this is what you, I, I give you credit here. You've been saying this the whole time. Mm-hmm. You think Colorado's going to win a, a natty in like four years just four because. Years. It won't take that long. You don't think it's going to take that no, long? it won't take that long. Really? I yeah. believe that, Steve, because these kids now, they're going to see all the hype that Colorado gets. These kids are going to want a piece of this, right? You're going to look at what the kids like. They like, in addition to the football, they want the nice gear, right? That's what you want when you're 18, 19. You're going to get the fresh gear. You're going to get the dope locker rooms. You know you're going to be talked about all the time. And you've got a coach who's done it at the highest possible level and you're going to get more coaches sap is talking about going there you're going to get other gold jacket coaches that are coming there and teach you and not only help you to become a better football player but a better man a better human being this is just he's going to be the pied piper and there's no doubt and like you said how are you coach b going to follow coach d when after he leaves a recruit's living room it's like what what are you going to say after dion was dion to your parents like 
I don't I don't know how you follow that up. The, 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 the interesting thing about this is Dion's message isn't new, right? College coaches all when they come to I, I went through the process, right? So when they come to your room, we want your son to graduate. We want him to be become a better man. You know, you we want you as parents to feel secure that we're going to take care of your son. So that message part for Dion isn't new. He's making it public, mm-hmm. right? On their practice jerseys, they have their Instagram handles, the app, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. He's embraced it. Yeah. He's made it public. He's speaking. He's speaking the language. Of the of the young kids, he's mm-hmm. speaking the language of the microwave, you know, memories and, and mentality that we have, mm-hmm. but he's also using his history again, his gravitas, to make these guys men. And I think the biggest accomplishment Deion Sanders will make, and it's how I led this conversation off, is we're no longer calling it Deion, we're calling it the University of Colorado, and his players are more of a household name than he is, and that will happen. Dion, I, I know the man. That will happen. He loves the limelight, but he loves nothing more than shining the lights on other people as well. And, and, and I think that absolutely is going to happen. Okay, so that starts it off. But we have we have a couple of big games this weekend. Yeah. And look, folks down in SEC country aren't going to try to hear this, but this Washington-Oregon game huge is fantastic. I mean, these are, these are two teams that are very much in the national championship conversation. They've got players. They've got quarterbacks. They've got physicality. Any thoughts on this? The Ducks? Go Ducks? Like Michael Penix, the lefty, the quarterback out of Washington, who might like, be the leader in the clubhouse for the Heisman I right like now? I like Michael Penix. He's your betting favorite right now. He's having a phenomenal year. 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, only two picks. He's the betting favorite for the Heisman Trophy. He might sneak into the first round of the NFL draft. Most, I mean, could be a day two pick. Uh, Bo Nix, could he be a first round pick? It's going to be an awesome game. I think Oregon has a little bit of an edge here, even though they're the the visiting team. I kind of like Oregon with the points, if we're going to talk that game, Steve. Uh, But this is going to be – this has national championship, you know, implications. The winner of this game has an inside track to being in the, getting themselves into the playoff. Uh, with USC having a tough game at Notre Dame, that's going to be a good game too. About, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but this is going to be awesome. Two top ten Pac-12 teams. It's funny. The last year of the Pac-12 as we know it, <laughs> and this is the greatest season <laughs> yes. they've had probably since <laughs> USC Pete Carroll days. You're right. Since they were like the Pac-10 or even like the Pac-8 Absolutely. back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is going to be awesome. Uh, Three thirty Eastern ABC game. It's going to be great. The betting favorite, Michael Penix, when nobody's really seen him. You know, think I mean we we you know we live on the West Coast, so we see sure. a lot of these games. But folks down in Athens, Georgia, oh no, they're aren't pl- up late they're, they're playing at ten o'clock Eastern. Washington is playing all these late games. ESPN, Pac twelve network isn't even on a lot of yeah. the providers. So I, I guarantee you this is gonna be the first time uh, a lot of the casual national college football fan audience has seen him play. And he's a lefty. How many people are going to be like, whoa, the Washington quarterback's a lefty? That's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. And the next Tua. It's, it, what's, what to me, though, when you see the betting favorite, he can go out and throw for 400 yards. If Caleb Williams against Notre Dame, which everyone's going to be watching, <laughs> right, if he right, has a good right. game, throw those bets out the window unless, sure, you know, you're, sure. you're, you're playing some long shots right there. So, TJ, that game, SC at Notre Dame, right? We know the SC defense – couldn't stop us. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an issue. <laughs> like, Steve, I can hit you on the seam all day. That's right. You know, one, one time it's a mistake. One, it is. It's a trend. It's an issue. But the Notre Dame, they can't score. I mean, they're, 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 they have problems scoring. But uh, this is the rivalry. rivalry Going back yeah. to when, like, Anthony Davis back in the day was beating Notre Dame. Yeah. Catch it. But that's how old I am, guys. I'm referencing 
Anthony Davis. You know, my the father packages was leading up to this game when they play these old clips are just going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. You, you I mean, they always are. That. The, those old school games. and Oh, man, yeah. I didn't really think I cared that much, and now just this yes. conversation has yes. made me go, I can't wait to well, see Well, you got game. Sam Hartman, who's got, I mean, man, he has got the flow. He's got the beard. He yeah. looks like he's 35. I don't even care. You know who he looks like? He looks, like, he is. He looks like Charlie Whitehurst's son. Yes, he does. Charlie, yeah. Like, yes, he does. He has got all the flow. But like you said, you know, they've lost a couple games now. They got upset by Louisville last week. They should have lost to Duke. Uh, they should have beat Ohio State. They got kind of robbed on the goal line with the only having yeah. 10 guys on the field. Yeah, not, not good. You know, they're struggling. They're in a gauntlet stretch right now, and here comes SC. Notre Dame is favored in this game. Do you? What do you think about that? Well, I mean, that's because SC has just – it's like every year they lose a game they shouldn't. Right. And so this is almost like tipping the scales back in SC's favor because, oh, they're saying that we shouldn't win, you know, against Notre Dame. I think Notre it's going to be pouring down rain, terrible conditions. Yeah, I mean, that works both ways. You know, even but that though, takes the kind of Caleb Williams magic element I down a little. Totally bit. disagree. Totally disagree. Oh, totally disagree. To me, to me, bad weather favors quarterbacks because he knows what he's doing. He's okay. got his hands in the ball, right? Okay. Maybe he can't go out there and and shake guys out on the run, but he's such a poised type of player mm. where he's running to throw the ball. I mean, he's he's so good. Everything you you hear and read, he is that guy. He's that good. I don't think this weather. It's going to disrupt him unless it leads to a bunch of drop passes. But, again, that goes for both teams right there. Hey, the game I'm looking forward to, my alma mater, Howard University against Harvard. Yes. The battle of the HUs. You know, this usually is, is, is a big debate. Not the game who's going to win, but, like, a who, debate. Who is the HU? An actual, a literal debate. law schools are going to get in here and win in actual case. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. i got to got to support my HBCUs and – especially my alma mater. All right, guys, let's get back a little bit to the Thursday night game. You let's know, do I, I don't I don't think we can talk let's about what's it. going on in Denver. No, I'm so fascinated by all this. Uh, enough. You know, again, we, we've been hitting on Russell Wilson, but James Palmer also talked about some of the pieces around him, how they just have not been able to surround their quarterback. And it went from, you know, ever since Peyton Manning, they haven't been able to find a quarterback. They haven't been able to find guys to build a team and I'm just interested after the season because you know we, we think if things keep going the way they're, they're going to blow this thing up how Sean Payton is going to go about building this team to be successful in a division where Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere and Justin Herbert isn't going anywhere because if things keep going the way they're going people are going to start saying okay was it Drew Brees I mean look I, and I think it's a fair conversation if we're going to say with Bill Belichick was it Tom Brady mm. People are going to say, was it you, Breeze, with Sean Payton? I, I, you know, look, I, I think the world is Sean Payton. I think he's one of the most brilliant play designers and schemers and things like that when it comes to quarterbacks. But does he need someone like a Drew Breeze who can decipher, you know, the matrix? Some of the things we're saying about Brock Purdy, the way he decide, you know, the way that he deciphers defenses. Can Sean Payton, if he were to get a Caleb Williams, is he somebody who can develop a young guy? Would he be able to? work with a young team and develop. That's not why that's not why he came there. That's not why he's making the money he's making. They're supposed to win right now. Right. So the whole re potential reset for the Broncos to me is very intriguing because as you mentioned, Chris, if they cut Russell Wilson, there's a significant cap hit that they will have to take it. I don't think it's as much of a cap hit as if they keep him, which is why he's probably gone if things don't turn around. But you might not have the free agent money to kind of go transfer portal, so to speak, and upgrade your roster right away either. 
Yeah, it's a good point. You know, and two, if you look at Denver, they've kind of had bad injury luck the last few years. Yeah. You know, you got Tim Patrick second year in a row. I think that loss last year and this year, you can kind of see that out there. Javante Williams uh, having a great season last year gets injured. Uh, they've kind of had that bug a little bit. Uh, Greg Dulcich supposed to be this kind of dynamic tight end. He gets hurt in the first game, misses four weeks, comes back, immediately gets injured, again, uh, you know, re-aggravates that hammy. They've had bad luck in that sense too. But also, you know, the year off, for coaches, sometimes it's good to reset. It seems like Sean Payton kind of needed that. Right. But the NFL game can quickly pass you by if you've been out. And I don't want to get there with Sean Payton yet, but he's struggled too this season. It's not just been Russell Wilson. It's not just been, you know, the bad defense. They can't stop the run. Sean Payton's kind of struggling too. And I'm wondering if that's just shaking the rust off a little bit and he'll have a better second half of the year or – part of a bigger issue with him. Well, I, I don't know if it's with him. I mean, having a better second half of the season, I don't think we'll do with Sean Payton. I think it's with the personnel, and we'll see how busy they are on the trade market. I tell you, another interesting, when you talked about injuries, Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, out this week with that neck injury. And Deshaun Watson is out with that shoulder injury as the Cleveland Browns get ready play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up next, we have NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, who's going to have more on those injuries. Where could Frank Clark, the defensive lineman who was just released by the Denver Broncos, where could he end up? And a whole lot of other news circulating around the NFL. All right, you know, I, I've had this situation, I'm sure you have too, where you've tried to buy some tickets to an event, a concert, mm -hmm. yep. a game, this like this. Like sometimes I'll get on the computer and I've got my seats reserved, and then I'm looking to see, okay, this the price will change, something will happen. It's a pain. Well, with game with game time, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So on taking that guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code RICH, R-I-C-H, for $20 off your first purchase. Restrictions do apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account and redeem the code R-I-C-H for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just 
find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Philadelphia Eagles, we have that to talk yes. about, too. Yes, as I'm draped you in are. my Eagles paraphernalia. Now, that, yes. that's like you got, so you got the green hoodie. Yeah, I went green hoodie, and then I went satin black jacket oh, I just with the that. black eagle on it. This is subtle. <laughs> yeah, this is subtle. <laughs> I didn't want to come here and be, yeah. you know, blatant with it. This is a subtle. Yeah, I didn't notice it. It's sort of like a watermark yeah. sort of situation that yeah. you have right there. But then there. you get up close and you're like, whoa, he really is an Eagles fan. He's got a lot. <laughs> yes. He's got a lot of Eagles stuff on. I'm wearing a jersey to the Super Bowl with the Jerome Brown patch. That's what you're going to do? Yes. Okay. I got the Randall Cunningham jersey, but my jersey has Jerome Brown patch. Well, what will it say on the back? Will it say heart? Will it say your name? No, it's going to say Cunningham. It's a real jersey. Okay. I can't make it say heart. I'm no longer authentic <laughs> if I make it say heart. It's got to be a real jersey. This okay. is a real moment. Understand. It's a big moment for me, man. This is it. It's huh? a big game. What do you think? What do you mean, what do I think? The score's going to be 80, <laughs> 83 to 6. I called it. I put my prediction out there a long time ago. Okay. I had a dream. I saw it. And how many to that? So how many touchdowns then for Nick Foles then out of that? Nick Foles going to throw for thirty-two touchdowns. <laughs> thirty-two. It's going to be a grinding game, and Foles is going into this game with so much confidence. After the last game, he's got so much confidence. I don't care what you say. You can't beat confidence. You know how much confidence I have. Yeah. You can't beat my confidence. I don't care what you tell me. I'm so confident. I'm so confident. Foles has confidence. Our defense has confidence. We are here. This is where we said we would be in the beginning of the season, and we got here. That's confidence. They're used to being here. That's cocky. That's that's a little nonchalant shoulder shrug. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll do it again. Mm -hmm. It's not the same type of confidence. It's not the same type of hunger. It's a different level of hunger. And these dogs got to eat. Get it? Because they was calling us underdogs. Yes, I know. (laughs) All right, back in hour three of the Rich Eisen Show. I am Steve White sitting in for Rich, who is over in London. And we're listening to the Rich Eisen Show, and we're talking to you on the Rich Eisen Show on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. 
furnished by Granger that they're at the show desk that I'm, you know, they furnish a show desk where I'm sitting and their supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, I am Steve White again, joined by Chris Brockman, Jason Feller, TJ Jefferson. Arch Yo, boy. We're here hanging out. We got Steve, some good sound effects. Steve, you said my name. I never thought in my life I'd hear you say my name, man. This is Steve Weiss, guys. Come on. Hey, man. at your boy. Say my name. <laughs> that was, I've been watching this, been this man for years. Bro, we were sitting there. We were swapping, like, Tribe Call Quest lyrics here. You know, I was doing the Q-tip. <laughs> you were doing Five Dog a little while ago. Yes, we're yes, there. Yeah. We're good. I think, go. I think there's a friendship in the bond now that's never going to leave, Steve. You know? Oh, well, there we go. We're right in there. I can feel it. I can feel it, right? <laughs> Any, anybody can go with Tribe. You know, we're, we're good to go. Like, I can feel it. To, shout out to Michael Hawley for putting me on Tribe way back when. There we go. Guys, Tom Pelissero. <laughs> hey! From hey, the NFL Network. Hey! That's our guy right there. He's joining you know, us. I, I hear you, Steve, you know, joking around with the fellas, Uh-oh. but I always know... Look at my boys in the studio. Hey! 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 See, Tom, Tommy P has had to share much more than I have. So I just want to hold up to the standard, man. You know, we've got to raise the bar. What's up, Tom? I'm here, man. Week six, uh, getting going in full force. we got quarterback injuries. Ooh. We've got trade deadline 18 days away. Um, it's an interesting time, man. These are always a busy few weeks here, and I think that one of the, the themes that you see – around the league is there's a lot of teams that are kind of trying to figure out what are we and the trade deadline there was discussion last year you know the gmac the uh the competition committee talked about we push the trade deadline back a week two the concern with that is always you have teams that are going to then the later you get the more teams know that they're out and you might have teams just getting rid of a bunch of assets but the issue is last year the lions were one and six at the deadline you could have easily said well they should trash everything and start over instead they largely stayed the course and to make it a run and they're a tiebreaker away from making the playoffs last year that's something we talked about with brad holmes on the insiders the other day it's just it's a unique spot for gms it's the earliest trade deadline in all of major uh, american pro sports you have to navigate this no owner wants to hear after five weeks the, the season's over but uh, there's complicated decisions that need to be made and, and tom just for those who don't know to give us the date of the actual trade deadline Halloween, which I'm very excited about because that means at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Central, where I live, uh, it's over. There's no more trades at that point. So come 6 p.m. when the kids want to get me into whatever outfit they come up with oh to get boy. up. Oh, boy. This year I can do it. I'll never remember it being in October. This is fantastic. Oh, hey, first, you, you got to tell us what your daughter's like. What are, the, are, are you giving them options as to what they can dress you as or they just get to pick? It's free reign. Here's the thing, Steve, and, and you, you've had kids this age, mine are nine and six. Whatever they tell me today, they may or may not remember it come Halloween. So I've heard a couple of different, yeah, we want you to be this, but I'm just hoping that they forget about it. And then we'll see, you know, as it gets closer, what exactly they, uh, they decide to do. Not going to happen. Okay. Anyway, quarterback injuries. I want to go to the Deshaun Watson injury because this is real funky because of the timing. A couple weeks ago, pregame workout. A lot of discussion whether he he said he wasn't going to play, the team decided not to play him, whatever. They have a bye. So it went from a pregame workout where he's kind of on the fence to playing to a bye to him already being ruled out with the shoulder injury. What has developed for them to go ahead and pull the plug on him as they get ready to face the 49ers this week? 
Well, I'll start with this, Steve. Deshaun Watson still has not practiced since he suffered that injury. He did not practice uh, during the course of week four. They did think, Deshaun Watson thought, the coaches thought, everybody thought that come Sunday he was going to be able to go out and function to the best of his ability. They got into that pregame workout. He really didn't throw a ball over 10 yards. They made the decision that he was not going to go that week. He went home, uh, rested and rehabbed, or went somewhere, rested and rehabbed during the bye week, came back, and still wasn't uh, still wasn't there to the point that he didn't practice again this week here. Now, I think that part of it, there's a lot of different things involved here. You know, Kevin Stefanski had said the initial thing of, hey, he was medically cleared, and Deshaun, you know, we listened to Deshaun, which is kind of what teams do, you know, right. when you get down to it, which is can the player go? If the player says, I, I can't do this, you're not going to force a guy out there. Andrew Barry did some uh, cleanup on that the following week trying to explain it. I think that the fact that this was referred to as a shoulder bruise did not – necessarily help people because when i think shoulder bruise i think hey i walked into a door frame at 4 a.m when i was getting my nuts dead i'm not thinking it's what it is which is a it's a rotator cuff contusion which is an internal injury in the ball nice if you have that you lose strength and you have discomfort and all those different things so watson has been throwing he's just not doing it in a practice setting We'll see what develops here in the coming weeks. What we know for this week is it's going to be P.J. Walker uh, going up against the 49ers. And if I'm Jim Schwartz, I'm going, all right, boys, we're figuring out a way. Are we winning this thing 18 to 15? Are we winning it 13 to 11? It's going to be potentially a sloppy day, a windy day, a rainy day. Uh, in Cleveland, use that lake effect to your advantage here and hope that you can kind of grind this thing to a halt, play really good defense. and. You know, a touchdown or two is enough to get you through. Yeah, windy days still do not uh, necessarily help when you face the best running football team uh, in the NFL like the 49ers. Let's go to Daniel Jones, Tom. This neck injury, now I know they said this is different, or he said it's different than the one he had a couple years ago. If you could clear that up, because to me, a different neck injury seems almost more worrisome, seeing as though you've had a previous one. My understanding is it's in the same area of Daniel Jones' neck to the one that he had back in 2021. But when he had that injury a couple of years ago, it was a disc issue. It required surgery, and it was season-ending. This one is not believed to be that severe for Daniel Jones. Um, I know that the Giants initially back in 2021 had referred to it as a neck strain, but he did not end up playing again. In this case, they've been more vague, just continually saying uh, it's a neck issue. Uh, and this comes at a time that the Giants are are really battling it, not just in terms of their record and the way that they've performed, but you know it's been hard when you're down several different starting offensive linemen. Andrew Thomas, left tackle, is out again this week. John Michael Smith, one of your high draft picks, another starter, he's out this week. You haven't had Saquon Barkley for three weeks. He's been limited in practice this week. I believe he's listed as questionable uh, for the game on Sunday night against the Bills. That's a lot of different moving parts uh, offensively, and now. Tyrod Taylor, who, of course, played for the Bills, the last quarterback to lead the Bills to the playoffs prior to Josh Allen, get it to go up against his old team on Sunday night. But he's not going to have a couple of his starting offensive linemen. He may or may not have Saquon, and you would think that if Saquon does play, it's not going to be uh, a 30-carry type of a night in his first game in a month. Uh, so they've got their challenges. Darren Waller also listed as questionable. He's been dealing with a groin injury through the course of this week. Can the Giants put it together against a team and a defense that's been playing really well? Uh, we'll find out here. They're hoping Daniel Jones gets back sooner than later, but collectively, as an offense, they just haven't functioned at a high enough level. Yeah, it's real tough because that snowball is really rolling downhill for them. Can we go to Indianapolis? Anthony Richardson. Uh, we know he's got that shoulder injury. 
Uh, he's going to be out for a while. Is, is there any update in terms of prognosis as to how long, or is that still up in the air? It's still up in the air, Steve. I would tell you that at this point, they don't believe surgery is necessary. It's not been ruled out, but they don't think it's going to have to go that route. They think it's likely somewhere between a month or two uh, till Anthony Richardson comes back. It's not thought to be anything uh, season-ending for him, but it's a significant AC joint sprain. And when you've got a player who has a physical type of playing style like Anthony Richardson and, frankly, has had injuries in three of the four games he started so far this season, uh, there's a concern with that in terms of you don't want to put him back out there before he's 100% healthy. And if anybody knows that, it's the Colts. It's Chris Ballard. They dealt with it with Andrew Luck, shoulder injury specifically with Andrew Luck, among a variety of other things that were happening through the course of his playing career. You know, one of the things that made Andrew Luck special, but also was part of his ultimate demise as an NFL player was he played quarterback like a linebacker and he initiated contact and he wanted to be physical and he would run the football. I don't think that you look at the hits uh, or the injuries Anthony Richardson has suffered so far and go, man, He's setting himself up and he's just getting blasted. No, like when he banged his knee, that was just he's stretching out for the goal line, basically. It kind of hits his knee weird. Um, you know, when he had the concussion, that wasn't a crazy type of a hit. He's no. getting to the pylon and, and takes a shot. And then the game, the shot last week, obviously his reaction to it lets you know that it's significant. But he goes down and you're not going, oh, man, that was such a brutal hit. It's just he hit the ground and something happened. That happens sometimes with young players in the course of their career. You know, you have an injury phase, and then you hope that you get out of it here. But he is very much the face of the franchise, and you're not going to expose him before you're 100% confident that he's where he needs to be physically. Well, their former face of the franchise, Jonathan Taylor, is coming back, right? And I think you've, you're reporting he should have a more expanded role this week. I mean, that that could help offset things because Gardner Minshew, we know he's a very capable backup uh, there in Indianapolis. John, let's, let's go to, this, to, the, to the trade talks. The Denver Broncos, we keep hearing like, man, if it, it doesn't look good, they may be sellers at the deadline. They got a couple pieces that they could get equity for in the last year of their contracts. Let's start with someone like a Jerry Judy, uh, a wide receiver. You know, do we expect Denver to be in play and teams to be calling them about taking some of their players and Denver being willing to move guys? Well, Denver's definitely getting calls about a lot of different players, and that's in part because it's been apparent for weeks now within the league that – they're willing to to listen on you know practically anybody on the roster, and that's not unusual, uh, I don't think. Especially you know a guy like George Payton, who's an experienced uh, NFL executive, he's going to take every call because why would you not? I think that you know when you zoom out and you look at where the Broncos are right now, and you look at a game like Thursday night against the Chiefs, it, you know there's an uncharacteristic error made by Sean Payton in that game, losing track of the downs, right. calling a timeout, and basically gifting the Chiefs a field goal before halftime here, to me, and knowing Sean Payton's history, you get the sense that there's so much swirling around and he's trying to fix so many things at once that maybe some of those types of things happen because they're just kind of slipping through the cracks right now. And that's not an excuse. You know, if Nathaniel Hackett did that, they would have, you know, phone in Jerry Rosberg and have him come and become a a game management (laughs) uh, specialist. You wouldn't, you know, you're not thinking that with Sean Payton, but, you know, in terms of building that culture, building the roster and the personnel the way that he wants it to. I think that Sean was you know, optimistic. He's very confident in his abilities, but I want to say he underestimated how far he had to go, but you watch them play right now, and it's obvious the parts don't entirely fit together. Denver also, between the Russell Wilson trade and the Sean Payton trade, they're missing a lot of premier draft capital. Well, how do you get that? 
draft capital back. It's not flipping Randy Gregory for a, a six, seven flop, even though that's better than getting nothing for him. It's certainly not cutting Frank Clark, who just was never going to be a good fit with what they were doing in Denver. Not a good fit uh, with Sean Payton and the way that he uh, wants to build that team. It's moving. You know, is it a Justin Simmons? Is it a Jerry Judy? Uh, a Cortland Sutton? Could they get calls on, you know, Javante Williams? I'm just listing names of guys sure. who potentially be in demand someplace else. Pastor Tan. It's probably the one who it's going to cost you an exorbitant amount to go get. But why would you not listen on everybody? Because this is a, a long-term type of a building plan. I shouldn't even say long-term because Sean Payne's not thinking, okay, we're going to be bad for three years and then come back. He doesn't want to be bad this year. Maybe there's opportunities for teams to offer him something, you know, in terms of players that might be able to help him right now. But they do need to replenish the draft capital. They do need to flip over that roster. In order to do that, you know, to get good players, whether it's now or next April, or in the future, you got to probably give up good players. Uh, and you got 18 days to do that before the deadline. I don't know that it's a complete fire sale and they pull off eight trades here, but I do know that they're going to listen and we'll see what deals are able to get done. I think, Tom, one that's interesting to me, and I think maybe it's just more media chatter, speculation, whatever, Kirk Cousins getting moved. I, I, I don't see it. I mean, I know he's in the last year of his deal, but he seems like somebody, if he plays well, the Vikings could maybe even – get him to a new deal for two or three more years after the season to move him now would seem very peculiar, not only for the Vikings, but for whomever would be bringing him in and having to get adjusted. I just look at this logically, Steve, if you're Kirk cousins and you have a no trade clause and you're going to hit free agency in March and you've got family, you've got young kids, you've got roots in Minnesota you're still on pace to throw for like 6,000 yards right. in an offense you know. You finally have the same offense, the same play caller for two years in a row, which was not the case. You know, if you go back through the course of Kirk Cousins' career, why would you be willing to roll the dice, go someplace new for like nine games, and oh yeah, you're set to become an unrestricted free agent in March. You're going to put up numbers no matter what. It gets harder without Justin Jefferson for the next four games. There's no question about it. Uh, but, you know, barring a situation where if something were to happen in, let's say, San Francisco, where they've got an MVP candidate right now in Brock Purdy, what other coach do you know? What other system do you know? Everybody talks about the Jets. How are the Jets paying him? Where are they getting the picks to trade for him? Right. How is Kirk Cousins, and why is he going to accept the trade to a place with a completely different offense in midstream and all the pressure that would come with it? I'm not saying any of this is impossible. I'm just looking at this logically speaking. At this point, the Vikings are not punting on the season anyway. If they were to lose to Chicago this week, they got the 49ers coming in on Monday night. Yeah, then you're one and six, and you're having different conversations on a variety of different levels. But again, you can't even trade Kirk Cousins unless he's on board with it. It's hard to imagine there's a lot of scenarios where he'd be willing to accept the trade to go someplace else. They're not there yet. We'll see what plays out here. But I I'm with you, Steve. It's just it's hard to envision everything lining up. We say all that, and then some quarterback can go down <laughs> this weekend and things change. But right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I just don't see that happening with the coach-quarterback dynamic and everything that they have up there. You mentioned Justin Jefferson being hurt. Everyone says, oh, their season is doomed. But I know when I was up there in training camp, Jordan Addison, the rookie, um, is someone they really had expectations for. Do they feel that maybe he can handle an uptick in workload and things like that? Because he seems like he's a pretty special dude. 
And absolutely, they've been really impressed with Jordan Addison. I know that Kevin O'Connell, one of the things he really liked about Addison, going back to the draft, was his route running ability. You know, he was able to create separation for himself. You know, he took over the spot that was really Adam Thielen's before. And Thielen is not nearly as physically gifted as Jordan Addison. He made his bones by being able to run those types of routes and get himself open. Now with Jefferson out, uh, you know, we'll see kind of how they play it coming up on Sunday against the Bears. I don't think you suddenly take Addison out of everything that he's doing at his position and just say you're now playing the Justin Jefferson role. Getting okay, a guy in K.J. Osborne who's been there, who also knows that spot. But, yeah, you're looking for a little bit more out of Jordan Addison. I think that anytime Steve, you lose a superstar type of a player, particularly a receiver, part of the challenge is now for those other guys on offense, every time you were in a jam before, well, it's okay, Justin can bail us out. Now he's not there. You right. think the next guy up is TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson hasn't played the best. You know, he basically sat out all a camp waiting for a new contract. He came back. He had a key drop last week. He's not playing the way that you would like to be to see him play in for one of the highest paid tight ends in the NFL. You'd like him to step up. You're going to need Addison to step up. You're going to need that backfield to step up where they just haven't created explosive plays so far in the running game. And then it's the fumbles. I mean, the Vikings offense, has been unbelievably productive, Steve. When you look at yards and you look at, you know, the way that they've moved the football consistently, they've lost fumbles at a historic rate. And, you know, recovering fumbles is pure luck. So you'd think that over the course of time, you're going to lose few, a lower percentage of the fumbles. But the fact of the matter is, I think it's three weeks in a row, they fumbled on their opening drive. They yeah. lost the fumble yeah. on their opening drive. When that consistently happens, you know, coaches can only do so much. I know O'Connor was out there a couple of weeks ago poking guys with the stick and, you know, emphasizing ball security. That continues to be an emphasis. At some point, it's personal responsibility. Hold on to the football or else you're not going to be you're not going to be out on the field. Uh, last question, Tom. Is there anything out there floating in the NFL atmosphere that we may want to keep an eye on uh, that could develop over the next couple of days or weeks? Well, I mean, the, the trade market, Steve, is, is the biggest thing here. And you're going to have, you know, significant questions about, you know, whether it's a team like Minnesota, whether it's a team like Chicago or Carolina. Some of these teams right now are kind of on that tipping point of all those teams thought that they were going to be better record-wise than they are right now. Um, you know, if they lose a couple games or if they win a couple games, do you go into buy mode, do you go into sell mode? That's a big part of what we're tracking, I think, uh, right now within the league. Obviously, you're also coming up on that time of year where you start to talk about potential uh, coaching changes, yep. You know, whether it's head coaches or coordinators. We have not had, outside of the Allen Williams situation in Chicago, which is a whole other story, we haven't had uh, a coordinator change so far in the NFL. Right now, you know, the second half of October, as much as everybody says, okay, the best coaches, whether that's uh, you know, Mike McCarthy or it's Mike Tomlin or it's Bill Belichick, all their records get better. September is always their worst month. They get better as time goes on over a long period of time. You get into October, you start trying to figure out, okay, what type of team are we really? And those teams that are going a certain direction, you know, you're going to have, I don't want to say desperation, but certainly reality perhaps setting in here where you may have to shake some things up. And so from now through Halloween, man, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, a really edgy time in some buildings. That's an unfortunate reality yep. uh, within the NFL. And there's going to be some teams on the flip side of it who realize they're good. It might think they're a piece or two away. who are going to get aggressive, just like the 49ers. You remember last year, Steve, when they made the McCaffrey trade yep. at a losing yep. record, I believe. I think they were two and three roughly at that time when they made the trade that ended up being part of their, you know, massive turnaround here. And oh yeah, 
They also pulled a seventh-round pick out of the woodwork, and uh, he's been a pretty good quarterback for him. Real quick, Tom, other than Lions OC Ben Johnson, a coordinator who we should look out for as a potential head coach. That, that's a great question, Steve. I mean, look at some of the coaches right now. I think that, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, there's a lot of good coordinators around the league who right now their teams may not be doing the best. There's a couple of them in Carolina, Thomas Brown and Adriel Averro, who are, you know, going to be, they've had, they had interviews last year. I think Averro interviewed for every job in the league. He's got to be so on some short list. Doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily disqualify them at all. But, you know, if you're looking for, like, the hot coordinator candidates, I mean, look at the job that Bobby Slowick's doing right now uh, down in down in Houston with a young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Look at the work that Frank Smith is doing in Miami. Um, you know, he works with Mike McDaniel. Mike's going to get a lot of the credit, but Frank's one of the respected coaches uh, in the entire league. I think that that's another name you're going to be hearing here. And there's a long way to go here, Steve. I'll yep. put out my young, uh, my young coaches. Can't wait for it. So. It's uh, it's always interesting because, you know, listen, there's there's different criteria for every team. Um, you know, so you, it's not just a hard and fast. This is the list. Every team's going to have their different list. Every team interviews different guys here, and they are influenced by recency bias on some of these different things. But, you know, when it boils down to it, you're going to hear some of those familiar names. You're going to be in the cycle again. Guys like Dan Quinn will be back in that uh, back in that mix, certainly here. And we'll see, you know, some of those other Eric B. Enemy. You know, it's certainly going to be in that mix again, and we'll see how it goes. He's obviously the offensive coordinator in Washington now. They've had their ups and downs so far this season. He's always going to be on the radar. It's very, very early, but it gets late fast, Steve, in the NFL. And I don't think it's going to get late for the 49ers, and hopefully Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator, uh, gets yep. another shot to be a head coach. Tom P., you can watch him with Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, every day on NFL Network and NFL Plus on The Insiders. Always appreciate you, man, and I'm sure Rich – We'll be calling you soon when he needs a breather to come join the rest of the crew out here in L.A. My boys, thank you. <laughs> hey, Thanks for having me on. See you, buddy. Right, Tony. <laughs> Let's go. Talk to you soon. All right, Jets. Coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show, we are going to close things out with more NFL talk. Steve White will be back right after this break. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs 
costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Larry David, you are now the new commissioner of the National Football Really? League. Yes, congratulations. Are you kidding? There you go. Congratulations. This is a dream, okay? <laughs> I quit Curb Your Enthusiasm in a second if this is true. Okay. Okay. What do you do first as the commissioner of the National Football League, Larry David? Number one, mm-hmm. and I really don't care if people like it or not, mm-hmm. I'm losing the goalpost. <laughs> what? <laughs> why, why are there goalposts? Okay. Why why are kickers, mm-hmm. okay, who have, they don't have football skills. They, they're not football players. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're wonderful people, mm-hmm. but they're not football players. Why why, ha, why are they kicking a ball through goalposts to decide games? <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's a, first of all, goalposts are a relic from the old English rugby, I think. Okay. You know, when they used to actually run and, and kick a ball through goalposts, mm-hmm. but they don't do that in the NFL. There's no need for goalposts. What? Wouldn't the game be better without him? Think about it. Why not just have leaping frogs to decide games? Have a see if a, see if a frog can leap through a, a, a little goalpost that you set up, okay, on the floor. And if the go, if the frog can leap through the goalpost, then, then do that. What? Why kick it through a goalpost? Well, it's not called leaping frog ball. It's yeah. called football so you're saying take the feet out of footballs is that what you're saying Larry? is that what you're saying yes why feet are deciding games and they shouldn't why should one player Mm -hmm. one player with this skill like the guy on the ravens Mm -hmm. justin tucker yeah why should this one player who does nothing but kick a ball Mm -hmm. be deciding games when you have 52 other players Mm -hmm. who are actually playing Mm -hmm. and this one person this 53rd person Mm -hmm. is deciding games it, it makes no sense whatsoever. All right, welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Steve White, and you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One, Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right, stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Rich Eisen all season long for free and get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All right, let's go to the phones. Understand that we do have a call. Let's do it. From one of my favorite cities on the NFL Tour, from Baltimore, I believe. Hey, Patrick in Baltimore. What's up, brother? Nothing much. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Happy Friday to you all. Happy Friday. Friday. So I have been looking at Russell Wilson's contract on Spotrack. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking there's a 0% chance they cut him after this year. Because next year his cap hit is $35 million. Right. But if they cut him, his dead cap hit balloons to an unfathomable $85 million. Okay, I do think you can do a post-June 1. You can designate him a post-June 1 cut, and you can spread some of that pain out. 
because if it was an $85 million cap hit, he ain't going nowhere. But that cap hit's still going to remain for some way. But I do think there's a little bit of what we like to call salary cap gymnastics <laughs> that can be performed on a balance beam to make it a little bit more palatable. And, of course, they would try to trade him before they cut him. But, Patrick, you know, we really appreciate you uh, doing that, playing a little general manager here for us with the salary cap. What do, you, what do you think they do, Patrick? Do you think they keep him or cut him? I think they keep him for one more year. Ooh. And then, you know, try just try to run it back with him and Peyton and see if it gets any better. If not, then they cut him. All right. All right. That might be that might be something uh, painful for people to swallow if things don't go well. And usually teams don't try to do that, but maybe they say we build around Russell a little bit more. I thought that's what they were trying to do. But we absolutely appreciate the phone call, Patrick. Thank you so much for listening to the Rich Eisen Show. Just don't know how it gets better around him. Do you, is it by getting younger and a little more athletic? I just don't know what the yeah, move is. I don't think I don't think they mortgage draft picks uh, to do that. I mean, they've got to get draft capital back. As Tom Pelissero just pointed out, they gave up so much to get Peyton and Russ. They've right. got to try to get draft picks yeah, back. Exactly. Quick, quickly, guys. Okay, with the, to me, the game of the weekend is Seattle and Cincinnati. Okay, and Cincinnati two and three. Joe Burrow looked better, much better. On that calf that he has all season long. He has said this week it's the closest to 100%. We saw Justin Jefferson catch like 900 yards (laughs) and passes on like 27,000 targets in that game. (laughs) But they are playing a good Seahawks team. Win or lose, though, and this is what I'm saying because I'm big, a big Bengals guy. I think they're excellent. But win or lose, can we put up their schedule? And let me read this off to you. you got to put on my glasses. Where do they go? Man, this this type is, is not great. Okay. But their schedule coming up after Seattle, they have a bye. Then they're at San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. That gentleman <laughs> is a gauntlet. Dude. That's a gauntlet. So if they so if they get back on the winning track, they will have earned it. I mean, when you look at that right mm. there, and you see that if they win, they get the five hundred, but if they lose, they drop to two and four. Um Two and four under the bye, uh, no bueno, especially the way the season started and what's coming afterward. Uh, presumably a loss at San Francisco, uh, a, a Sunday night game against Buffalo that they've struggled against the last few years. Houston is nobody's pushover now with the way C.J. Stroud is playing. They might be in playoff position by week 10, uh, for all we know. And then divisional games, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those are slobber knockers at Jacksonville. The Colts are, it's are just, tough. Dude, I mean, and then uh, the three to finish at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, Cleveland. That could be for a playoff spot in Week 18. For all we know, I mean, there, there's not much margin. No, you know, there, there's not much margin right there. Again, I still think they're good enough to deal with it. I mean, those teams still have to play Cincinnati. Right. Uh, Cincinnati's defense, I think, is starting to turn a corner. Those young safeties are starting to play a little bit better. That was, you know, they lost, uh, you know. Two, two veteran safeties, one of them being a stud, and Jesse Bates, who is just balling out absolutely in Atlanta. Um, but that that's a legitimate legitimate schedule. But, hey, it's the Bengals. We'll see. This is why the NFL is so great. It's great. Right. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have no really? idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> guys, that's not necessarily oh, true, Steve, true. because, you know, yeah. I do have a script. Yeah, he's got the script so I know there. some things, yeah. Steve. Okay, well, that script – I'm sure did not have me sitting in this chair oh, right well, now. Thanks for joining me, you guys, did. for having me Good on job, the Rich Eisen Thanks, Show. Bro. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you were here before you did, Steve. Oh, my God.